G'day and welcome to a Grad Chat, your opportunity to find out about graduate research here at Queen's. My name is CJ the DJ and I am your host for this week's Grad Chat. Of course, a show like this could not happen without the support of the School of Graduate Studies and CFRC, so thank you very much to both of them. Now, if your mates miss the shows at any time, you can download the podcast the next day on either iTunes, Google Podcasts and Stitcher, so no excuse not to hear what our awesome students and postdoctoral fellows are doing. Today, though, I'd like to introduce you to Sherry Dutton, who is doing a PhD in Public Health Sciences under the supervision of Dr. Colleen Davison. Welcome to Grad Chat, Sherry. Hi, thank you for having me. Now, I'm, I'm going to be, be nice to Sherry here because she's got a bit of a cold. <laughs> Picked it up from the kids who have just started going to um, daycare. Da- daycare and stuff. <laughs> and as we know, we get lots of things picked up from daycare. Yeah, <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> and unfortunately, gets passed on to mum as well. So uh, keep that in mind. Um, but I'm sure she's going to do just fine. <laughs> So what I'd like to do today is talk about different research methods that are being used and one in particular that Sherry has found useful in in her own work. And I first heard about this method at a recent uh, research showcase that Sherry very kindly put a hand up to do a talk (laughs) and it was sort of perfect. And I go, well, we we absolutely need to get Sherry onto the show to to discuss that a little bit more because there's lots of different ways of doing research. It's not just go out there and go to the archives and collect things mm-hmm. or go and do an experiment or anything like that. There's lots of different ways of doing experiments. And so uh, I really wanted Sherry to share that with us. So for your master's degree, you worked on a community-based research project that was around research approaches to wellness, mm-hmm. which kind of fits in the fact you with public health sciences. It looked um, to build and support community capacity within an Inuit community in Nunavut. That's right. And your PhD topic will be looking at exploring the societal and contextual influences influences around female adolescents willfully choosing to get pregnant. Is this also up north that you're you're doing this? Um, up, up so, and none of it? Yeah, so I'm hoping it'll be a bit of a different project. It'll mm-hmm. be more of a case study, uh, right. multiple case study looking at the phenomenon. But I'm hoping for part of it to be uh, working with the community uh, in none of it that I worked with before. Yeah. So why have you chosen, first of all, to look at these communities? You know, what, what is your background to that? Well, for my master's, it came up as a, a really unique opportunity to be able to go up north and work up north for eight weeks on this uh, qualitative research project. And I'd always been interested in Indigenous health, in, in remote health, rural health, kind of looking at the, the complexities around that. Right. So this was seen as a really valuable opportunity. As well, I fell in love with qualitative research uh, when I was doing my studies. So it was kind of a perfect mix that I would get to do uh, qualitative that research makes it up easier, there. makes doesn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and when I was working on my master's, then I really fell in love with the, the community and understanding the, the history and, again, the, the complexity um, and some of the barriers that they face to, to wellness and, and health equity. So that kind of led me to want to partner with them again and work with them again in my research in, in a different capacity. In a different mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk a little bit, bit more about your master's program because that you have actually completed where you're yes. only just starting in, in your PhD. Yeah. 
So can you provide us with an overview of your method design that you are you did use in your master's and you're going to continue to work in your PhD? Yeah, so um, the method that I used was an arts-based research method. Specifically, it was a biographical uh, life story collage. So the participants were tasked with creating a collage around sort of their reflecting on their life and their life story. Right. And then that was used as an elicitation technique uh, during the semi-structured interviews. So I'm hoping to carry forward that um, as well with the participants in my PhD right. and kind of explore the use of arts-based research and uh, collage specifically in another context, in a, in a multiple case study context. Why choose art-based? Most people think of you do an experiment or you, you get people just to talk and things, but you're using people's drawings and not everyone can draw. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not using drawings. Okay. I am using collage. So what we used was very abstract materials like right. beads and pipe cleaners and things like that. But when I came onto the project with my master's, uh, that had kind of already been uh, decided that there okay. was going to be some sort of an arts-based activity. And it was going to be around um, leadership development and sort of more of a self-reflective exercise okay. um, in creating these collages and then also used as as research in the elicitation. And so I was new to the world of arts-based research methods. I'd never done it before. So you're not a creative person yourself? Well, I guess I, I dabble <laughs> a little bit. I wouldn't say I'm an artist by any means. Right. Um, but I'd been interested in, in different things like that throughout my life. Right. And so I was a little bit nervous and hesitant as to how it was actually going to work out. But what I found through the experience was that it was a really valuable tool in sort of eliciting um, more discussion and richer information in the interviews. And it had many strengths to it. Right. And so again, I just really kind of fell in love with using art in health research and decided I wanted to try and explore that a little bit further. So before we get too much more into it, I know when working with First Nations communities and things, there's a lot of steps you have to go through before you allow, allowing to, you to be able to go in and work with the community. Mm -hmm. Now, I know you said this, your, your master's was part of a project that was already ongoing, mm -hmm. but what were the actual steps that those people who started the project had to do to get into, to be able to work with the community? So I'm not sure exactly how the process began. I do know when I came on to it, it had been gotten going in a partnership with the community. Right. Um, so I was coming under the umbrella of an already established um, partnership and relationship that the, the members of the, the research team had with, with members in, in Arviat. And so with that, in designing our project, we worked closely with the local members of our research team uh, to make sure that we were providing something that was um, locally and culturally appropriate. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And so the people who got involved in your particular project, mm -hmm. did, were they self-selected? Did they self-select themselves or did you put a, you know, put a call out or did people say, you know, you need to speak to this particular person and, and bring that one into the program? How, how was that worked out? Because that not everyone wants to put their hand up. Yeah, yeah. And you um, want to have enough, you know, enough participants to make it a proper research project. Absolutely. Um, so the, the research um, participants were... Um, 
uh, members of a, a group that they they had termed called Pigiati, and that sort of translates roughly to uh, initiators or sort of young leaders in the community. Okay. So they were youth that that are working in different departments in Arviat, so in the wellness department, recreation, and sort of a youth drop-in mm-hmm. um, capacity. Um, so they're already designing programs and, and doing uh, work within the community. And the idea was working with them on this community-based project to support and build capacity around research methods to, to wellness. And so part of working with our partners is that they would then reach out to these uh, young leaders and, and let them know that this workshop is going to be happening and if they wanted to participate, and then they would come in and participate. So it was sort of pre-selected through. So what were you hoping to find out about that? Because these are leaders. Mm-hmm. What would what um, what were you trying to get from them, information from them, or were you trying to show them a way of using art um, in the wellness education? So it kind of worked both ways. Okay. We were hoping in the interviews to gain a greater understanding of, we saw them as, as leaders in the community and experts right. in their own community. So we we're hoping to gain a greater understanding around wellness, around leadership, around some of the barriers and, and possible solutions that they saw okay. for health in the, in the community. And that was through through the interviews. The collage activity itself was a self-reflective exercise. So that's an exercise that kind of leads to sort of strengthens leadership development through reflecting on who you are and how that kind of goes into purposeful decision making as a leader. So those workshops started with us having a discussion around self-reflection and leadership and then moving to the activity. Right. So that provided them with an activity that they could go through and then all also uh, learning an activity or technique that they could carry forward in the community and use in other ways if they chose to. So what made you decide to use this method? Yeah. (laughs) Because it'd be very easy to just go to them and say, what are the issues? What, Mm -hmm. What sort of education can we give you? Yeah, so um, in the past, um, some of the, the the research that had been done, um, it was found it was very difficult sometimes to kind of get a rich discussion. Sometimes it's, you know, you're kind of putting someone on the spot and it's hard to elicit a rich discussion when you just sort of ask them, like, what are the problems? Or, right. So we were looking for a way that would lead to a bit of a richer discussion. It would give them a chance to kind of reflect on things a little bit more and kind of really be an elicitation technique. Mm -hmm. And the collage was chosen for a variety of reasons. It's quite easy to use. So as you were saying, not everyone can draw, but the basics of collage are simply sticking stick something together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like that thing. I'm going to stick that one over there. Exactly. Right. So <laughs> it's something that's easy to do, or at least easy to acquire those skills. So right. it also doesn't have that sort of inherent look at art where we, we sort of judge it as, you know, I can't draw well, or I like this drawing, or I don't like that drawing. It's hard to look at a collage per se right. and say, you know, what's a good collage what's a bad collage kind of thing so um, it kind of gets out of that realm of art of being sort of that judgment around it which makes it a little bit easier I think sometimes for people to kind of come to it that maybe wouldn't consider themselves to be artists right it's also something that's kind of um, easy to teach 
I think you would have to be a pretty strong painter or, or really mm. be able, you know, sort of be involved in painting in order to teach someone else maybe how to do it. Whereas collage can be broken down to a pretty easy um, stepwise process. And then the way, and then it's quite adaptable. So you can use it with a variety of topics, of subjects. You can use it with a variety of ages. It works sort of cross-culturally. So there was a lot of elements to it that, that sort of made it a, a good tool. So what kind of questions did you ask them before they made that? I mean, I know you said they had a a point of Mm self-reflection, but also what questions did you ask them to then create their own collage? Yeah. Because that, I mean, depends on the question or depend on what kind of materials and things they may use. Exactly. So we provided a variety of materials. We had piloted the, the collage activity right. um, prior to starting the workshop. So before we gave them um, some directions around the topic, we showed the, the piloted collages as examples. So we had okay. three different examples of what had been done and they were all quite different. And then the idea was that they would create a collage around significant they could be moments milestones events anything like that around who they were today and so we asked for about five of those and also one at least five and then one that was kind of like a future milestone or something they might be thinking about working towards so when you say milestone milestone in what in their own health or milestone in how they are as part of the community? What kind of milestone are you looking so at? So just in their life. Just so in their anything life. Whatever that kind they of, think. Exactly. So okay. it was quite open. So anything that led them to sort of consider where and who they are today. Um, because they were already considered as leaders in the community. Right. So based on the earlier discussion around leadership, thinking about that, what were the milestones that kind of led them to who and where they were today? In that process. I know it's a bit hard because we're on radio, but can you give an example what someone, what collage someone did and what it kind of depicted or was that too difficult? It's a bit tricky to yeah. kind of lay out, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Sorry about that. <laughs> One of those um, little tricky questions. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to kind of paint that picture. But what we did was, so we used um, like sort of a white kind of thicker poster board. Right. And then we had a variety of art pieces. So they were beads and feathers and marker and cloth. So people would glue, you know, cut up the cloth, glue feathers. Some people took the pipe cleaners and kind of shredded them off. So you just kind of had the fuzz and then sort of bunched that together. People took some of the paper and made sort of more intricate designs. People also wrote on the the collages so they would write different things that maybe we didn't have stickers or pictures of kind of thing or graduation dates or that kind of thing and so there was a variety of events that sort of came up in the interviews there was a lot of different things that were talked about so high school experiences and graduation but also experiences with with loved ones suicide housing insecurity food insecurity people were really quite quite open and candid about different aspects. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's interesting you brought some of those topics up because when you're thinking health too, all those Mm -hmm. impact on a person's health. Mm -hmm. And so from this, what, what kind of thoughts did you get from the participants who were already, as you said, leaders in the community? What kind of thoughts did you get from them after they'd gone through this exercise with you? What were, what were their thoughts on it? 
on doing the exercise on doing the exercise themselves and then how they can use the exercise later yeah um so it seemed to be a positive experience mm-hmm. it was definitely there was a lot of uh, sort of heavy topics right. that kind of came out of it but overall everyone seemed to think of it as being um, a positive and a valuable experience many of the participants talked about either using it in other areas in the community such as with uh, children or um, with uh, women people have experienced domestic violence and that kind of thing so they certainly saw areas where maybe it could be useful in the community and then they talked about also kind of expressing pride in in their creation so hanging it up in their office or at home on display some people talked about wanting to maybe add to it in the future as they sort of created those milestones this is my moment today and then looking at back in 10 years time would that moment be changed exactly right right Mm -hmm. right so I I think it's fascinating when you say that the other people in the community could use it from for instance who have gone through uh, domestic violence and all those sorts of and, and, and children and things with abuse and what have you is this what you're hoping to get from it that these leaders put this into practice for for those people who don't want to actually verbally say something but maybe have a better chance of saying exactly how they're feeling through art is this what you're trying to get at? So here's an alternative, because just speaking doesn't always work with people. Exactly, yeah. So that's a, one of the main strengths that we really came to see from doing this activity. Right. So the hope is, of course, that they would find it useful and be able to um, carry it forward. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it really kind of highlighted that it can kind of get at things that, that people may not necessarily be able to, to verbalize, um, at least right away. Right away. Okay. So what I'd like to ask you now is that because you've you've explained really, really well of the process that you went through and you've given us a bit of an understanding of those leaders that were part of this, of how they could potentially use it as well. But can you give us more a better understanding of what kind of the benefits and or weaknesses in using art within the research project? has given you because you would have seen all sides of things I'm sure (laughs) (laughs) sure so we came to find that there are quite a few strengths to using um, art and specifically to using um, collage because there's a whole range of Mm -hmm. of art that could be used so collage itself because it's so adaptable it can really be adapted to a cultural and local context so we sometimes you use collage you'll use like pictures from a magazine and kind of cut those up yep. we intentionally chose sort of more abstract pieces so okay, like well, that's the, important to know I didn't realize that because I would have gone straight away here's a whole lot of magazines yeah yeah and and the reason we did that is because we didn't want to force anyone into a particular cultural reference right. so mm-hmm. by keeping it abstract it could really be anything that right. you want mm-hmm. um, so that was kind of a, a key piece we also kept the design quite open so it meant that it didn't have to follow like a linear timeline because uh historically some um, Inuit and Indigenous communities don't necessarily prescribe to a, a linear notion of time. Okay. Um, so we wanted to kind of keep that open. And many of the collages, in fact, didn't really follow uh, necessarily a linear timeline. And there were very few kind of dates used outside of like high school graduation, essentially. Right, right. So we wanted to keep it very open in that regard. And then the collage workshop, because it's so easy 
to use mm-hmm. and easy to kind of explain. It meant that I, as a facilitator, um, my role was actually quite minimal right. during the workshop. And that was kind of really important because what it meant was then um, I kind of stepped into the background and that allowed space for the community and the participants to kind of learn and share from each other. Okay, um, right. That was good. So they're not you're not doing it singularly. They are as a group. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we did the collages as, as workshops. Right. So they were split into men and women and that was based on a previous suggestion um, from working with the group before okay so we intentionally split them into men and women and then they did the collages together and then the interviews were at a later date one-on-one so the workshop really became like a collaborative and kind of community building activity they could the workshop took place mainly in Inuktitut which was a real strength that they were able to create and interact in their own language Um, with me as an outsider I didn't have to keep you know interrupting in English or kind of trying to direct things they could really sort of learn and, and interact with each other right. uh, within their own language and so it kind of built more of an equitable partnership as well because the collages were so abstract you really needed the artist and the person who made the collage um, to be able to explain it right so that kind of further reinforced the value of them as right. as leading experts and um, it, within their community and within the the research project and it sort of helped to kind of balance out some of those power differentials that might have existed between researchers and participants so do you find these leaders and I know I keep going back to these leaders in the community are they working with the health clinics and things or are they a separate entity altogether so they work within the the hamlet of arviet so like the municipal kind of what would be the municipal office so um and so their departments are uh wellness sport and recreation and then like a youth so they're looking at programming and things anyway exactly part of their portfolio Mm -hmm, okay mm -hmm. and then so you said they do these collages and then you interview them Mm -hmm. in these interviews is that looking at them explaining what the collage meant to them is that what it is so it starts with that again we kept it quite open that they were in control of how much they wanted to share so basically it just sort of began with could you tell me a little bit about the collage Mm -hmm. and they really um, were able to decide how much they wanted to share what pieces they wanted to share and how in depth and then from that it was kind of a jumping off point towards a greater discussion around leadership how they saw themselves within their community and then sort of community wellness in general right okay Mm -hmm. do you know if any of them have used this this method yet i'm not too sure no (laughs) it'd be nice to find out it it, would be if uh, because it sounds like it's such a simple solution of getting people to open up a little bit more about themselves and to find out Mm -hmm. where they are like you said at this moment in time yeah exactly so you mentioned a lot of this, the strengths and the positives, but what are some of the weaknesses you found using this method? Sure. So there were a couple potential weaknesses. For this project, we brought all of the supplies up to Nunavut because we weren't really sure it would be a limited capacity for, right. for sort of mm-hmm. art supplies, and we wanted to have a wide variety. So um, when you're considering doing a collage project and you want sort of a wide variety and volume of, of art pieces, 
it might be a little bit cumbersome uh, to think about how you're going to supply that to the participants. The other thing was, so there are a few different ways that you can do the collage activity. Some people have used it uh, sort of more of a one-on-one process. Mm -hmm. Some people have done kind of the interviews alongside of the collage making activity. The way that we chose to do it as a group um, is sort of similar to a focus group where you can't necessarily ensure anonymity or confidentiality. So there could have been some sort of hesitation yeah, (laughs) around that. Although I think because it was so abstract, really that sort of provided a little bit of privacy because someone else looking at your paper wouldn't know what you were creating necessarily unless you told them what it was. Mm. And then the other thing was we did did choose to um, interview separately at another time after. Right. So um, I think that was important because it kind of provided sort of more of a secure place and a safer place for someone to talk about some of the issues. But the downside to that was that there might have been time to sort of think about and worry about sort of the looming interview um, and that may have led to some people not wanting to participate in the interview and that kind of thing. So it's definitely something to think through when you're considering using the collage that there are many different ways that you could do it and consider Mm -hmm. what works best for for the group that you're working with. Perfect. So what are some of the future directions or considerations for using art in health research? It's a loaded question. It really is. (laughs) I'll talk about maybe what I would like to do. Um, (laughs) So for my PhD, because it won't be a um, community-based research project, it'll be more of a multiple case study look. So I'd like to sort of use collage within that and explore a little bit whether we see the sort of the same strengths and value in using collage in maybe a different capacity of health research. So through case study and within a different population population because my case study will hopefully involve other populations as Mm -hmm. well. And then the other thing that sort of came out of this process is that, as we know, even any sort of interviewing can be sort of emotional work for the mm-hmm. participants. Yes. You're asking them to reflect on their lives. But art often is talked about as having another element to that, you know, and similar to art therapy, that it kind of pulls to that um, subconscious and there can be almost a, a therapy aspect to right, it. Right. And we certainly found that there was a lot of emotion that sort of came out of doing the activity. So part of what I'd like to look at with my PhD is thinking more critically about the ethics around using art in okay. research and also our role as as researchers because we aren't art therapists mm-hmm. and we aren't trained in that capacity so where kind of is that line when you're getting people to sort of reflect and dig deeper in their lives right. um, yes. for a research purpose so so just looking at that a little bit more ethically because it's interesting well it's interesting because your your topic is is not going to be an easy topic right no. because uh, <laughs> just remind people you're looking at exploring the society societal and contextual influences around female adolescents willfully choosing to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Why did you choose that topic? <laughs> I mean, it's not an easy topic. 
No, no, I don't think it will be, but it's a fascinating one. And I think my experience up north certainly helped kind of lead to my interest in that. Uh, There's a lot of uh, young families up north, and there are certain populations that tend to have, like that teen pregnancy is more prevalent within. But digging a little deeper into teen pregnancy, we see that there is this sort of subgroup where there are teens who are choosing to get pregnant or want to get pregnant. And so from a public health perspective, the initiatives and programs that we may take around teen pregnancy may be very different for someone who is uh, willfully choosing Choosing. to get pregnant than someone who it may, it either is indifferent to it or it just sort of accidentally happens. So a lot of public health initiatives have kind of focused on um, prevention and access to contraception and education and that kind of thing. But that may not apply to this population of teens that actually want to get pregnant. So in learning about that, I just sort of really became interested in how there may be a different way that they kind of perceive how they are in the world and their society and right. and, and sort of context in which they're living in and wanting to investigate that a little bit more. And so this is why you wanted to choose the arts-based method, because maybe they will be a bit more open in Exactly. Yeah. So um, I was hoping that, yeah, that we will kind of be able to use the art in the in a similar way that it will help to elicit richer information, greater discussion, that it kind of gives the person a chance to sort of reflect on things a little bit before they have to discuss and answer those maybe difficult right. or harder questions. Right. And that also hopefully art, if it's done properly, can be beneficial to the participant as well. So we saw that the the participants who went through the process in Nunavut saw value in it and took took pride in it. So it's another way of maybe doing research where you can give a little something back to the participant. Yeah, one one thing that comes to mind, because an adolescent is quite a a big age group there, right? And so some of these women could be minors, Mm-hmm. So how how are you getting around that, or uh, does does one of their parents have to be with them, or yeah, because that's that's not easy. And then sometimes it'd also be good to do the the art with the the parent as well mm-hmm. to see if, what what are their thoughts and the fact that the their child is willfully wanting to get pregnant. Yeah, so there's a lot to be worked out still. Mm-hmm. I'm very much in the early stages right. of my PhD and kind of more focusing on coursework and looming comprehensive exams yes, and yeah, all of yeah, that. That's not easy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but so there's a couple of ways that I could look at it. So one is certainly to um, interview um, teens right. um, before they are pregnant. Okay. Um, or the other idea is to interview um, teens or youth who um, have children as right. they reflect back. Reflect on, back. Okay. Yeah, which right. might be a little bit easier to navigate. Mm-hmm. Uh, although... It'd be good to see both, though. It would, exactly. You know, so why, why are you thinking this might be uh, all right or it's mm-hmm. what you want as opposed to down the track where, you know, in hindsight, potentially... Exactly. So potentially there might be um, that that piece of sort of reflecting back. So it would be nice to have a balance. Mm -hmm. This will probably be a bit of a more difficult population to find and and, uh, work with. So that Mm -hmm. might drive some of it. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of pieces still to to work out for sure. (laughs) But the nice idea about doing a case study uh, methodology 
is that I can bring um, different elements right. and, and different methods sort of to it as well without simply relying on just the interviews. Right. Although I want that to be a key piece mm-hmm. because the main thing is to understand it from their, their perception. Their and if there's mm-hmm. different ways of getting that key information, exactly. it makes perfect sense to be able to do a bit of this and a bit of that. Exactly. <laughs> Sherry, we're going to have to call it quits because we come to the end of our show. But thank you so much for coming on to Grad Chat. Oh, thank you so um, much. I'll be interested to hear how you go. I mean, I've, I've, we've heard a lot about what you did with your master's. I'm really interested to hear how you go with your PhD. And I know it's a little bit way to go to, to do that. But it's going <laughs> yeah. to be fascinating. And I'm sure the various communities, hopefully it can be passed on to other communities if you see success in, in that. Yeah, so absolutely. Enjoy that. Thank you very much. Excellent. Excellent. So that's it, everyone. Another week of Grad Chat sadly comes to an end. Don't forget, you can download the show tomorrow from either iTunes, Google Podcast or Stitcher. Just type in Grad Chat. Until next week, this is CJ the GJ signing off with a big hooray. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The CFRC Podcast Network at podcast.cfrc.ca is brought to you by the generous support of the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences. Hey.